You know what I want. <laughs> I want to talk Hey, that's pretty damn good. 128 to 111. The Toronto Raptors defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder. The return for Shea Gilgis Alexander after last season, where the Raptors fell to the Thunder in Toronto, a failed tip by Justin Champagne that came like 0.2 seconds late, right? And it went in to tie the game, but it was just a moment too late. And a huge game from Shea in that one. A, a fantastical watch, no matter what. But in this game, he doesn't come away with the rim. The win, I should say. He got to the rim a lot. And the Raptors, they got to the rim a lot. Like 36 attempts at the bucket in this game. Their size was overwhelming. They dominated Jalen Williams with the Y on the inside, on the interior to start this game. And throughout, guys like Pascal Siakam getting to the rim more than they have in many games. Scotty with a fantastic game. Jakob with a really good game. Fred, fantastic start and awesome throughout. OG, hyper-efficient, hyper-valuable on the defensive end, of course. And Gary Trent Jr. with one of his best games off the bench this year. 23 points, really great shooting performance. The Raptors, they figure it out. They win their second in a row. And hey, that's pretty good. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey... If you're interested in that sort of thing, the good thing about Goldfinger is you only pay if you win. That's obviously a huge plus because, you know, if you lose at something, you don't want to have to pay for it either. And at least you got that covered if you go with Goldfinger. And if you win, hopefully you're all right with paying a little bit of cash for a winning court case, right? Anyway, if you're interested, 416-730-1777. Okay, the Raptors, 128-111, a really fun game. It was disappointing. I, I felt just a little bit under the weather. I hate to go anywhere near anybody when I'm not feeling that great. I hate to go especially near athletes who travel all around the world, people who travel all around the world. It's a bad idea. I wanted to be at this game. I unfortunately couldn't be. It looked super, super fun. The Raptors, they played one of their best offensive games of the season. Sure, it wasn't 49 points in the first quarter. It was 29 but that doesn't mean that they couldn't get to 128 throughout. I think that they had so many different advantages to attack in this game, and they continuously found a way. Uh, OKC is a team who I think Shea, I don't know if everybody considers him an above-average guard defender, but I consider him at least somewhere in that range. If if he's a middling guard defender, if he's above-average, I think he's somewhere there. I just I don't think he's below-average or anything like that. Lou Dort, also very impressive, right? They they have some defenders to throw at guards. Fred Van Vliet started out this game, I think, just doing a fantastic job of navigating that space, getting into dangerous spots, and then letting his shot making and some of his playmaking do the work from there. Really, really impressive. And Pascal Siakam had his most advantageous matchup in quite some time. And he, he did quite well in this game as far as asserting his dominance in those matchups, whether it's Josh Giddy or J-Dub. That's the second Jalen Williams, the one with an E, who as far as process plays some of the best basketball in the world. He's going to be like a tertiary star his whole career, if not a full-out star. And, and I thought he was awesome. Scotty also using his size advantage to dominate. And Pirtle just way too big for anybody that stepped up on the 
the Thunder front lines. Looks like they're ready to uh, to get Chet Holmgren going. Uh, I know a lot of people over there are really excited about that. I think the OKC is one of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA, and the Raptors obviously the team that I cover. There's many reasons why I love to watch them. So the fact that we got a win against the Thunder, a lot of really interesting plays from like Shea Gilgis Alexander and, and J Dub, and you know even Josh Giddy, right? There's a bunch of in- Trey Mann, the king of the step back ankle flexibility um, within the draft community or the biomechanics community. He's kind of a, a marvel. And we see a team in the Raptors find their way, have success at so many different spots. And uh, yeah, that was awesome. So Pascal starts out one for six from the free throw line, really leaning on the advantages he was getting as far as size goes. And then coupling that as he does with mobility. And there, there was one play that I think is the best example of how he dominated in this game was there's a lot of like these early, you know, pound dribble into space, Euro stepping around moves where he's drawing free throws and and drawing contact. You know, Isaiah Joe is probably the best example. of These are un- these, these, some of those defenders that he's matched up against, they haven't refined exactly how to defend some of the better players in the NBA. So like Isaiah Joe moving his feet properly with Siakam, he, he was in a good defending position, but kind of collapsing. You know, he takes, you take the, the contact to the chest. Do you stay straight up? Or does your body kind of collapse in? Do your arms drop, putting you in foul baiting territory? And, and Siakam being able to get to the line against guys like that, for example. But one play was this man is like a sweep through move, pound dribble, and man, is spin into space, and then Euro stepped around the help. Fantastic piece of offense. That was just like a really nice move. He had 25. This is something I've been talking about lately, about how his shooting from beyond the arc kind of dictates whether he goes north of 20 lately. He, he hits three threes in this game. He scores 25. It's an important thing. Um, I'm glad he hit some threes in this game. Whether or not he gets back all the driving that he's had lately, and I'll have a big piece on his driving and how it's changed over the past 25, 30 games. It's less so now. Even if that doesn't come, even if that does come back, I should say, the shooting, the spot up shooting, he's shooting like between 35 and 36% on his catch and shoots this year. You want that up near 40%. If, you know, he's going to sign another max contract, presumably. Um, whether it's with the Raptors or elsewhere, he's going to get paid. He needs to, to hit his catch and shoot threes, preferably at better than 35%. So to see him hit tonight, that's a big deal. 14 boards. He was really, you know, we talked about the Raptors' size advantage, him having a lot of advantages against undersized players guarding him. He really pressed that on the offensive glass. It's nice to see him put in work in that way. And really the same thing can be said for Scotty and for Jakob. Between all of them, Pascal, five offensive rebounds, Jakob, five offensive rebounds, Scotty, four offensive rebounds. It's just, even Gary had an offensive rebound, right? A nice tap out where the Raptors, I don't think they ended up scoring on it, but like, you know, a tap out is good for Gary. He's getting in the mix. Uh, the rap, Even Boucher, you know, he didn't have that much time off the bench in this game, like 15, 16 minutes. He has two offensive rebounds. The Raptors mined that advantage for a bunch of stuff. And back to Fred a little bit. I thought he did such a good job of getting into space, making shots, playmaking. And that carried the Raptors throughout the early part of the game before that size that we were talking about prior or just a little bit ago really helped the Raptors take the advantage, really beat up on the Thunder so that they didn't have all the uh, stamina to kind of make offense go on the other end. And it's it's so exhausting. We've seen the Raptors 
last season during their worst stretch defensively, which was between the middle of November, maybe, or the start of November, and I don't know, maybe the middle of December, where they were the worst ranked defense in basketball, a lot of that was tied to not finishing defensive possessions and their their lackluster defensive rebounding. That leads to really good three-point looks or putbacks or anything like that. And the Thunder, they went through that and the Raptors were able to dominate. And that affected their offense as well. Uh, Not to mention the fact that the Raptors, you know, sure, they had 36 attempts at the rim in this game. That's going to tire out any team. Um, They also got out in transition a decent amount of time and they were really efficient in transition. Um, Efficiency in transition is always good relative to NBA basketball, but it was also good relative to other transition offense. And I think that's some really great playmaking from from Fred, from Pascal, and from Scotty in particular. I thought they did an awesome job. Speaking of Scotty, I did a massive piece on his playmaking. I watched every pass he made this season. I made these, you know, I think like 10 types of clips. I sorted everything into advantage assists, meaning the more valuable assists, because we rate assists in the NBA. It's like an assist is an assist. Not all assists are made equal, though. Some really help out your teammate, where others you're just kind of handing the ball off. I wrote a piece on that. It's up on RaptorsRepublic.com. I suggest you go read it. It is the most uh, deep and in-depth look at Scotty's playmaking. I suspect that has ever been written for public consumption. It is the follow-up to the every possession piece I wrote on him last year. You could read both of those and have like a really great understanding of Scotty's game. And Danielle Michaud gave that a shout out on the halftime show for Sportsnet. So thank you, Danielle. That's really kind. Um, Exposure is such a big deal in this industry. So thank you for that. And uh, for the people who tagged me on Twitter and let me know, that was awesome. Super, super nice. Um, It's always cool to have people cheering for you in that regard. That was cool. OG. I think he is now 18 for 31 of his past 31 three-point attempts. He, there was one, he started walking away after he hit, I think it was above the break on the right wing. He took the shot and started walking away. I've never seen that from OG before. He is in the zone as far as the three-point shooting goes. He also had this insane Euro to the bucket, something that in the past, a lot of times, maybe not necessarily fall. He wouldn't fall if he did this, but he would probably lose his balance. He wouldn't be able to absorb the, you know, absorb on that left leg, that that plant foot for the Euro to leap back in. And but he really he absorbed all that energy, kinetic energy, and and kind of parlayed that into, you know, the jump, the burst towards the rim. And he did it navigating a really, really tight space. These are not the strong points for OG Ananobi. He's a power player. Um, the more strength you allow him to, you, you give him a lot of space to kind of gather big, take big steps, all this kind of stuff, wide arm slots, all that. That is the meat of his game offensively. Defensively, he can do anything. Blake Murphy just wrote a really great piece about it for anybody who wants to read that. But as far as it goes for navigating tight spaces offensively, That was one of the best I've ever seen from him. And that's also something that he's been doing a lot better lately. We've been talking about his drives a little bit more over the past couple reaction podcasts and and how good they've been. Jakob, uh, I mean, he shot 36% from the field. Some of that is like these big flying um, mob contests from the Thunder. That's why the Raptors, I suspect, shot like 44% from three. They converged on the rim to stop the Raptors 
repeatedly. And Jakob, he got blocked a couple times. He missed a couple bunnies, but he was still in there and present and getting to the rim. He's still so savvy as a roller and flashing. Like he had a couple post-ups that he turned into buckets. Really nice to be able to just like throw the ball into him. And defensively, man, he had a super impressive close to the game. And I think he was also impressive just throughout. Scotty, I find the, you know, I talked a little bit about this earlier, but the offensive process was a little bit similar to Pascal because Pascal knew that he could play to a power game where typically he's more of a finesse guy, right? But when he had such a an obvious size advantage, I think he was able to go more powerful in this game. And Scotty is a guy who, man, whether or not he seems to have a size advantage, he goes to the power game and he seems to be able to get the power game off against anybody and in this game, it was no different. The only difference is that the Raptors played in transition at a higher frequency in this game. And that meant that Scotty, some of that that playmaking in the open court really got to shine. He was he was really fantastic there. And also towards the end of the game, I think that there was a mix of zone that we saw from the Raptors in this one totally. Yes, it was, you know, some good, some bad as far as the returns. But late in the game where Scotty was at the top, man. Um, recovering into space, ball pressure, zone or man defense. I thought he was super, super impressive. Um, the Raptors, they switched some actions pretty liberally in this game. And Scotty, this is something I've talked about before. He is, there are a lot of things that need to get much better defensively. He is uniquely gifted at this small part of defense, which is during switches when he has to cover space, track back to guys and kind of muck up passing lanes. He is so good at that. And so in this, he did a pretty good job keeping some guys in front of him in this game and his ball pressure and hyperactivity and willingness to rotate off of ball afterwards was really a boon for the Raptors, who as a team, I think, especially down the stretch as they pulled away, and that was evident by the 35 to 24 fourth quarter. I mean, man, uh, the defense was in a really special place. I think there was like four minutes the Thunder went without hitting a field goal. Uh seeing Scotty fit into like good defensive process is a really big deal. He was first and foremost, uh, a passer coming out of college. My friend, uh, goose, who's been on the podcast before he talked about Scotty and said that he was one of the best passing prospects, big man passing prospects of his decade. I think he was obviously correct with that, but people also had not modest ideas of what his defense would be, but very high, like very, they expected him to be elite. At defense, not necessarily year one, but probably year two, year three. They expected a really good defender on a rookie contract, I'm certain. And he hasn't reached that, but it's games like this where you see like, yes, it's just about finding that consistency. It's about being used properly. It's all this kind of stuff. So I thought he was fantastic tonight. The Raptors as a whole really found a good process. And the Thunder, this wasn't their best game. And the Raptors really, they found a way to punish them for playing, you know, that smaller front court, which is a cool thing because this never used to be the Raptors bag, right? The Raptors weren't ever a team who was like, we're going to punish your small front court. They were the smaller front court that got punished a lot of the time. And so with Jakob Pertl, suddenly they're, they're a rather large team. You throw a seven foot one guy into the mix. It, it does seem to change things. I think Coloco also deserves quite a bit of love. His defense at the rim Super impressive. We're not talking about big numbers over the course of the game. He didn't even score a point. He only had three rebounds. But that size that the Raptors were mining for value both on both sides of the floor. Coloco, 
jumping over Precious Achua in the depth chart, in the rotation, because, you know, Precious didn't play. Precious, zero minutes. Ron Harper Jr., zero minutes. Thad Young, zero minutes. But Malachi Flynn gets three. Joe Wieskamp gets three, right? And Coloco, Barton, Boucher, and Trent Jr., obviously they all go north of, of 10 minutes and Gary playing 34, almost 35 in this game because he was, man, his shot making was really special. But um, we'll talk a little bit about Achua at the end. Um, Coloco, I thought was awesome. You know, he has such a great sense of when to pull back and get to the rim. That's that's always what he wants to do. I had that piece earlier this year where, where I guess last year, technically in 2022, December, earlier this season, where Coloco and I, Christian and I, we watched defensive film together and he kind of walked me through what he was seeing. And he always arrived back at the idea like, yes, I'm switching out sometimes. Yes, this is an aggressive defense that pulls me away from the rim, but I always want to get back there. And you could tell that in this game and you can tell that when he's at his best, he's always going to be a big factor protecting the rim. And he was in his 12 minutes in this game. And the Raptors, they had this thing last year. I wrote about it. It was the Funk Fest Quartet. And it was basically, you know, these lineups that would feature Pascal Siakam as the point guard, uh, you know, the nominal point guard, let's say. And they would play not necessarily huge uh, in the front court, but they'd be so big in the middle of these lineups. They would really gum up passing lanes and they would converge at the rim, kind of like Oklahoma City, who is very famous this season for playing a decent replica of how the Raptors played last season, um, albeit not as successful, but they've gotten quite a bit of attention for very aggressive schemes, especially as far as sending guys, um, guards, wings, bigs, everybody to the rim and being very heavy in rotation afterwards. Um, The Raptors, they did that with these lineups and it was something that they tapped into last year and had success with. And this year, they actually, well, this year, they haven't really. But in this game, they found a a Siakam plus bench lineup that I think was quite large, but without Pirtle. And they found some success in a short burst. And the Raptors have been really struggling in these transitional lineups, in the non-starter minutes to try and find success. So that was a big deal. And uh, Coloco was a big part of that. I thought he was awesome. So was Boucher. But Gary Trent, as far as the the guy I'll talk about, the shot making was awesome in this game. The ball reached his hands, can a triple, um, get into space on offense, put down a dribble combo, bump a guy, step back into space, hit the shot. He was he was really great tonight. And active hands too. I think that there were some really, really well-timed doubles, not just from Gary either. I think from the Raptors as a whole, um, Scotty had one towards the end of the game that was, it's so you have to be really opportunistic to get steals on doubles. And especially if it's like a an improvis- improvisational double where a guy turns his back and you feel like you were shading close enough that you can actually jump him. Um, OG Ananobi is a guy who gets steals without doing that, right? He, he overwhelms guys in single coverage. He jumps passing lanes and that's how he gets a lot of his steals. But guys like Gary, guys like Fred, those little dig downs that they do they get some there, but they also have to be improvisational in the way that they double. There's an opportunity to strike while the iron's hot. And as far as a guy turns his back, you can jump in there and knock a dribble loose. Gary was great there. Scotty had one. Um, Fred had two or three. So that was really nice to see from those guys, the activity. Also, Pascal Siakam guarding Shea Gilgis Alexander um, in this game too, I think was um, he had some good possessions there. Although it's tough for anybody to stick Shea 
and like 29 points, they kept Shea to below his average. And Shea also shot 63% from the field. He's just a marvel. Uh, he's my favorite player to watch in the league, I think. Um, and it's not particularly close. Same with J-Dub. Both of them, this team, this OKC team is just awesome. Um, Terrence Mann as well. But yeah, the Raptors, I think that they were great in this game. Okay, um, Precious Achua. Earlier in the year, I talked about Precious Achua and the way that he was being discussed by Nick Nurse and the way his minutes were being all wonky, I thought was, you know, not correct. And, you know, there was, uh, man, there was discussions had about his defense and where it was and his overall court impact. And I thought that um, it was missing some nuance. And and he did. His, he got his minutes taken away. Coloco jumped him in the rotation then, and I thought that was incorrect. Precious is playing so much worse now than he was at the start of the season, and there's no justification for his minutes right now because he's been so bad. And that's tough because I'm a big Precious believer. I think that he has so many unique tools to be such a fantastic player on both sides of the court, you know, if applied correctly. It's obviously more intuitive for him on the defensive side, but there's very clear potential on the offensive side as well that we've seen him tap into at times, most notably post-All-Star break last season and into the playoffs where he was a wrinkle in the Raptors' offensive game plan that was able to make Joel Embiid uncomfortable defensively. Like, that is a very big deal. And that guy can't get on the court because he's been so out of sorts as far as playing um, defensively and offensively. The Raptors, they've just been getting annihilated in his minutes recently. And I understand this time around why the Raptors are not, you know, giving him minutes. Hopefully he turns something around in practice. Hopefully that gives Nick something that he's supposed to see and hopefully precious can turn this around and, and get back on the court because he is a really good player when he's on and you just that's talent on the roster that you need to see and while he wasn't necessary in this game um the raptors are trying to get into the playoffs and if they get into the playoffs if they get into a series and they don't have precious achua as a guy who can come and give them minutes that's a that's a big loss he needs to turn it around that's both on him and the organization, the coaches, all that kind of stuff to get him turned around into a spot where he's helping. But right now, uh, coaches, DNP, I think that fits. Hopefully it turns around soon, though. Um, I like precious minutes when they're good. I well, Actually, I love them when they're good. So, yeah. Um, the Reggie Evans Award, I want to give to Fred. I thought that he was awesome in this game. He was flying around. The four steals. Steals aren't always a good representation of uh, defensive prowess, but I thought Fred was really impressive in this game. Um, and he he didn't, you don't really ever win the matchup with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but Fred, I think, had a really nice night against truly one of the best guards in the NBA in Shea. And the top quick action comment is from the Spice Tyrant. Quote, Dear Lordy, that cross-court pass by Barnsley was exceptional. He is really blossoming into something special. End quote. He's great, man. Uh, there's a reason why I so... Because I've done these all-possession reviews of OG. I've done it for Siakam. It, with OG, I did it a couple times. Um, the first was I kind of wanted to survey what was happening with his 
ball handling. And so I looked at every single time he put the ball on the floor. This is a couple of years ago. And I was like, there's some things happening here, but it's still super messy. And I said, most importantly, is that the pull-up didn't look like it was going anywhere because it was still really truncated. And we have to see. That hasn't come around in a meaningful way. Pascal, it was during the Tampa season when everybody was super down on his play. And I wanted to look a little bit harder at what was happening. And he was still... This is, you know, people didn't notice that Pascal was making significant playmaking steps during the Tampa season. That was something that I was able to cover by looking a little bit deeper. And I did one last year for Scotty where I looked at every possession. And I did one this year where I looked at every single pass he's thrown to see what types of passes he's making, just how valuable they are. And the takeaway is just that he's been so awesome as a passer. He is not yet the Raptors' best playmaker because he isn't as you know, dangerous as scorer yet as Pascal or Fred. And that has a lot to do with handle, jump shot, all this kind of stuff, stuff that will develop in his game inevitably. And he's going to be a star, yes, but he's far and away the best passer on the team. Just the guy you put the ball in his hands, you say you have to put the ball where it needs to be. There's nobody on the team who comes close. And the NBA over the whole league, there's not a lot of guys who come close to uh, Scotty either. He's a real talent there. So, yeah, the Spice Tyrant, you're absolutely right. He is he's becoming such a cool player. He There's not really a comparison point for him, and um, I think that's awesome. It's cool to have singular players to cheer for because comparisons suck typically. And so uh, you just have to look at a guy on his merits and what he's actually doing. And I think analysis of unique players is always better because um, you can't just like say, oh, he's like this guy. Um, thanks for writing in Spice Tyrant listeners. Thank you for listening in. Um, whether you got into this, well, actually I'll say that, yeah, Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, um, subscribe, like the video, that's always good. Um, make sure to go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe. Um, that's the most important one. And if you're listening to me on the podcast channel, thank you for tuning in. Um, it's been a blast chopping it up with you. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.